Hi friends, and welcome to another episode of Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Wheeland, happy to be with you again this Tuesday. So we are doing things a little differently today. We have been running some rewind episodes over the past few weeks as we prep for our new season, which um, we've talked about before. But with everything that's going on in the world, we wanted to be mindful. So instead of part two of Pastor Tom's Q&A episodes, we are going to be sharing with you the audio from Pastor Rick Warren's message this past weekend on walking without fear through the valley of virus. It was a great message on seven things that are important to remember during this time and some things that Saddleback is going to be doing to help those in need. As of now, we will still have episodes scheduled to be released every Tuesday, whether they're new episodes or rewinds. If there's going to be any interruption in our release schedule, we will do our very best to let you know. Spiritual growth and the idea of doable discipleship can still happen, even if we can't meet together for weekend worship. Know that we are praying for you as we all walk through this together. Now, let's join Pastor Rick for Walking Without Fear Through the Valley of Virus. Now, this last week, the dam finally broke on the coronavirus and the world was flooded with frightening news. The United States government declared a national emergency. The World Health Organization declared the coronavirus an official global pandemic and all the dominoes started falling over. Concerts and conventions and sporting events and schools and churches all announced that they were canceling and shutting down during this crisis. Friends, you know as well as I do, this is unprecedented in our lifetime. We've never had a crisis of this magnitude. And this last week, every media report added fuel to the fire and fanned the flames of fear until it became a global wildfire. Now, by the end of the week, there were examples of panic everywhere, including panic buying at grocery stores as people feared that this might last a long time. Now, since our Saddleback Church family is a global church family and we have campuses and congregations in Asia and in Europe and in South America and in North America, we actually saw this virus was growing exponentially about two months ago and we began preparing a plan to protect you, our members, and to serve the sick and to help the most vulnerable and to support other churches in their ministries. Our Hong Kong campus moved to online services about five or six weeks ago, and Saddleback Hong Kong became the primary distributor of masks to other churches there in Hong Kong. Now, I think this is the 30, I think it's the 33rd national or international disaster crisis that Saddleback Church has, has assumed leadership in. Yesterday, I was called by the national director of the CDC, that's the Center for Disease Control. Dr. Bob Redfield is the director and he's our close friend. He called me twice yesterday because we have partnered on many, many peace projects. And we had a long conversation about Saddleback's role in mobilizing our network of churches and helping other churches in the days ahead in this crisis. And if you're from another church, we want you to know we're gonna help you. 
Now, for those of you who are part of Saddleback, <clears throat> I want you to know that I, as your pastor, I understand all the reasons that you feel anxious. And I have been praying for you literally every day now for weeks. As I mentioned, I think this is our 33rd national crisis or disaster in the past 40 years. And I just want you to know that I will lead you and I will lead our families calmly through this crisis too. I love you so much. Now in this first introductory, very brief message, I wanna simply remind you of some things that can calm your worries, reduce your anxiety, and relieve your fears. As I watched and saw on TV uh, all this past week, the scenes of long lines of frantic people stocking up on grocery stores, afraid that they wouldn't have enough, that they would run out, that they would be in want, I immediately thought of Psalm 23, verses one and verses four. You know this Psalm. The Lord, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not be in want. In other words, God says, I will take care of all your needs if you'll just trust me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And then down in verse four it says, and even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. <clears throat> right now we're going through the valley of the shadow of death. This coronavirus is deadly for some people. We don't know, some say 1%, some say 2% who have gotten it have died. Others have just had mild reactions. But I decided to title this message, Walking Without Fear Through the Valley of Virus, because many people are, have already died from this virus. Now, we already know in advance that this virus will not last. It's a valley that we will walk through, and we're gonna walk through it together. This past week, while I have had pneumonia, which is why I sound a little congested, uh, I read three books on the history of pandemics and plagues. And from thousands of years of history, we know that epidemics grow and decline like bell curves. They start and they rapidly spring up and then they spike rapidly, but they inevitably peak and, and decline. And all this week, you've heard health officials talking about lowering that peak of outbreaks by taking just common sense steps to contain and to reduce and to prevent uh, the number of new infections. And, and through common sense steps such as quarantining those who have a virus, self-quarantining those who might have it, protecting the most vulnerable by isolating them from contact, washing your hands as often as you can, and avoiding places where you might have physical contact with strangers. These are all good suggestions, and you ought to follow them all. But in the days and weeks ahead, there are gonna be other actions that we're going to need to take together. For instance, we know, as we look ahead, that with schools out for many weeks, how in the world are we gonna serve our kids when parents have to go to work? And with work slowing down, how are we gonna be able to help each other deal with the inevitable economic consequences from all of this disruption? Together, as a church family at Saddleback Church, we're gonna figure out new ways 
that we can be the church and that we can help each other in our church family and that we can help our communities around us. We'll look at that in other messages in days ahead. But today, I just want to focus on strengthening your confidence. Strengthening your confidence. Specifically, you need to know how to replace fear with facts and faith. How to replace fear with facts and faith. In 2 Corinthians 1, 7, Paul is talking about how he handled unexpected problems. And he says this, and our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, you'll also share in God's comfort. Now, if I could have you circle or underline three phrases in that verse, it would be our hope and is firm and because we know. Our hope is firm because we know. Here's the point of that verse. What we know is what gets us through. What we know is what gives us through. What we know gives us hope and gets us through whatever kind of crisis we're in. So all I wanna do in this introductory message to all of our small groups is to remind you of some of the things you already know, but you need to remember them. And you need to remember them because they will give you the confidence that you need and the courage you need and the calmness you need in the days ahead. Now, you might wanna pause this video right now for just a second and make sure that everybody in your small group has a piece of paper uh, and a pen to write down uh, these things that I'm going to give you, okay? So if you need to stop the video right now and do that, go ahead and stop it and get everybody a piece of paper and a pencil because I'm gonna give you a list of things you need to remember that'll cause you to have calmness and confidence. <coughs> okay, welcome back. Now, the Bible places a big emphasis on getting the facts before you ever make any major decision or take any action in life. And so I wanna give you some things that I want you to remember. And would you write these down? Number one, number one fact. Remember, not everything I hear is true. That'll calm you down a little bit. Remember, not everything I hear is true. Proverbs 14, verse 15, the message says this. The gullible believe, gullible believe anything they're told, but the prudent sift and weigh every word. Not everybody who speaks on the internet or on social media or on TV or on the radio knows what they're talking about. Not everybody who's talking about this crisis is worth listening to. So as your pastor, I'm first telling you, be selective. Realize not everybody knows what they're talking about. Many people in this crisis, and particularly in the days go, as they go ahead, will have their own agenda for this crisis. There will be some people, in fact, probably many people, who will try to use this crisis for their own political advantage on any side or either side or whatever side. And, and you'll know that they're using it for political advantage when they use conspiracy theories, when they spend a lot of time blaming. Blaming is worthless, it doesn't help, doesn't solve anything. When they use fault finding, 
they, they will have these theories and they'll, they'll be trying to score political points. Just ignore them. There will be other people who try to use the crisis for financial advantage and, and they will price gouge. I, I heard last night on TV a, a bottle of Clorox selling for $100. That's price gouging. And there will be people who will try to take advantage of people, particularly the elderly, with fake remedies. I'm warning you as your pastor who loves you, do not fall for any solution online. Ignore them all. Because if there's a solution, if there's a, 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 a virus cure or a virus uh, uh, you know, disinfectant or something that people know about, the government will make sure everybody knows about it. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, 16, the prudent man always acts out of knowledge. In other words, not out of fear, not out of feelings, but out of knowledge. In the Bible, it repeatedly says, especially in a crisis, that you should always base your decisions and always base your actions on the facts. The Bible has a lot to say about the facts. Not base your decisions on fakes, not base your decisions on fallacies, not base your decisions on faulty statistics or fads, not fantasies, not fake news, not false reports, and definitely not your fears or your feelings. Because feelings are highly unreliable and fears never help. Let me show you what God has to say about this. Proverbs 18, 13 in the Living Bible. What a shame, yes it is a folly, to decide before knowing the facts. Get the facts on the coronavirus and don't listen to everybody who's out there. Proverbs 18 verse two, Living Bible. A foolish person doesn't care about the facts. All he wants to do is yell. And they're all on social media right now. When all they wanna do is yell. The Bible says they're foolish. Proverbs 14, verse eight, Living Bible. The wise man looks ahead. The foolish person attempts to fool himself and won't face the facts. Proverbs 23, verse 23. The Bible says, get the facts at any price and hold on tightly to good sense. What the Bible is saying is that people who trust God people who are followers and disciples of Jesus, we should not just be people of faith, we should be people of facts. So here's the first thing, remember not everything you hear is true, all right? Let me give you a second thing to remember. Remember not everyone is at equal risk in this pandemic. Remember not everyone is at equal risk. The facts are very, very clear with the history of this particular coronavirus. I actually have a book on the coronavirus from 2004 in my library. It's, this is a class of, of, of viruses. The most vulnerable people are those who are over 60 years of age. It's not children. It's those who are over 60 years of age with some kind of pre-existing condition that weakens their immunity. So if you're over 60, and you have diabetes, or you have heart disease, or cancer, or upper respiratory problems, or liver damage, or anything that weakens your immunity. These are the people that at Saddleback Church, we need to be the most careful about protecting. And if you're in that category, our church wants to help you. We wanna help protect you. We wanna ensure that you get the best 
protection you can. Now later on, I'm gonna share a practical couple of actions that we're gonna take uh, as a church family. But you know, actually, I'm an example of this most vulnerable group. I'm over 60 and I have a tendency to get up us for respiratory problems like sinusitis or rhinitis or bronchitis or pneumonia from allergies and bacteria and viruses. In fact, I've had pneumonia uh, many, many times. I've had it for the past 10 days. So I actually self-quarantined myself and I've been working from home. If you are in this category, you really need to stay home. Hear it from your pastor. We will help you be able to stay at home and ride out this crisis. Now, you need to understand the coronavirus is not the seasonal flu. Uh, most reports say that it's 10 times more deadly than the typical flu. And it's also a novel virus. You're gonna hear people talking about this. It's a novel virus. What does a novel virus mean? It means that we have no prior immunity to it and we have no vaccine for it. Now, did you hear what I just said? That we have no prior immunity to it and we have no vaccine for it? That means that the two things that normally spread, uh, slow the spread of a viral infection aren't available with this coronavirus. So we're cautious, but we're not fearful. And you can be, you can be frank about it without being foolish, but you can still have faith and have the facts. All right, let me give you something else to write down. Number three, the Bible says this over and over and over. Remember, this will pass, okay? It didn't come to stay, it came to pass. It's not going to last. We're going to go through this together as a church family. You're not gonna be alone. We're gonna go through this and it's not going to last. And you need to trust God in this so you're not embarrassed on the backside of it. Do the things that, that the, the doctors tell us to do. Do the common sense things. But realize it's not going to last. Every virus is a, a, a bell curve and they're trying to knock that bell down through isolation and quarantining and things like that. The Bible says it like this in 1 Peter 4 verse 12. Dear friends, don't be surprised or shocked when you go through painful trials and fiery tests in life. The Bible says in the world you will have tribulation. Okay, he said don't be surprised, don't be shocked at it. By the way, why is there illness on this planet? Well, since evil and sin entered the world, nothing works perfectly. Everything on this planet is broken. The weather is broken. The economy is broken. Your plans are broken. Nothing works perfectly in your life. Your body is broken. It doesn't work perfectly. Sin broke everything on earth. And when we rebelled against God, we don't eat the way God tells us to eat. We don't act the way God tells us to act. We don't uh, have the emotions God tells us to have and to avoid the ones we're not supposed to have, like guilt and bitterness and worry and blame and jealousy. Uh, if we did it God's way, there'd be a whole lot less problems. But the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 24, verses five and 19, the earth suffers for the sins of its people. Look at this verse. The earth suffers for the sins of its people, for they have twisted the instructions of God, violated his laws, and broken his covenant. 
Therefore, the earth has broken down and utterly collapsed. Everything is lost and abandoned and confused. Even nature is groaning. We know this. We know that the environment is groaning. We say, well, why did God allow sin and evil? Because God allows us a free choice. God could eliminate all sin on earth, all evil on earth. Real simple, get rid of us. The plants aren't causing evil. The animals aren't causing evil. We're the ones that cause evil. We're the ones that are selfish and self-centered and cause problems in society and in the environment and everywhere else. This is why we are to pray the Lord's Prayer. In the Lord's Prayer, it says, we're to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why? Because this is not heaven. In heaven, it's a perfect place with no sorrow, no sickness, no sadness, uh, no stress. But all of those things are found on earth. Why? Because this is not heaven. And we shouldn't expect heaven on earth. One day we'll get there, but we're not there now. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18 says this. For our temporary, listen, it's not going to last, our temporary and momentary troubles will not last. But they are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, we focus not on what is seen, the problems around us, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. It's not going to last. But what is unseen is eternal. Now, this verse leads me to the fourth truth that you already know, but I want you to write it down so you can remember it. It'll be a stress reliever, a confidence builder, a stability creator in your life. The fourth thing I want you to remember is this. Remember to focus on what is unchanging. Remember in the days ahead during this crisis, focus your life not on what's changing, but on what is unchanging. We know there are gonna be a lot of changes in the days ahead. Remember all the changes that happened after Katrina? Remember all the changes that happened after 9-11? There will be changes that happen in the world and in every country, in your country, wherever you are. The key to stability is to focus on unchangeable truth when everything around you is up in the air. Focus on what never changes in the days ahead. That'll give you stability. Don't focus on what's ever changing because we don't know where it's all going to end up. You say, well, what are the unchangeable truths that, uh, that aren't, uh, I should focus on? Well, how about this one? God sees everything I'm going through. Focus on that. Number two, God cares about everything I'm going through. That's unchangeable. God sees and he cares. God, three, has the power to change what I'm going through. He has the power to answer prayers. That's unchangeable. Number four, God always acts out of his goodness to me. That's never gonna change, no matter what happens. God is always gonna act good to me. Number five, God's plan is always better than my plan. I may not see it, but it's better because he's a good God. Number six, God will never stop loving me. That's never going to change in your life. 
Number seven, I cannot lose my salvation once I have put my trust in Jesus Christ. For I know who I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That's what the Bible says. These are things you need to focus on, the things that never change. God's love for me, God's grace for me, God's goodness for me. Let me give you number, number one, number five. Remember this, remember that no matter what I go through, God will go through it with me. Every stage, every phase, every crisis, no matter what I go through, God is gonna go through it with me. You will never really ever be alone. God is with you. Doesn't mean you feel it all the time. But God is with you. God is not a feeling. He's with you right now. God has never been closer to you than he is right now. He'll never be any further away than he is right now. And remember the great promise of Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned up. It will not consume you. That's what you wanna focus on. Maybe a little less listening to the internet and a little bit more listening to God in the days ahead. That will give you confidence. That will give you stability. That will replace your panic with prayer. It will replace your worry with worship. It will replace your anxiety with adoration. Let me give you another one. Number six, write this down. Remember, this is not the end of the story. <laughs> this is not the end of the story. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse eight and nine and verse 14 tells us this. We often suffer, but we're never completely crushed. And even when we don't know what to do, we never give up. In times of trouble, God is with us. And when we're knocked down, we get up again because we know, there's that phrase again, because we know God raised the Lord back to life. That's Easter. And just as he raised Jesus, he will also raise us back to life and will bring us into his presence together. I win in the end no matter what happens. I can't lose. Even if this coronavirus took my life, I'm going straight into the presence of God. This is not the end of the story. I remember when the TV show 24 came out. Do you remember that show? And every single episode ended in a cliffhanger where you thought, is Jack Bauer gonna die finally? And, and it was, the tension just was enormous. But I have to admit, I never watched 24 until all of the seasons were over and then I started watching them so I didn't have to watch them without commercials. Well, when you know that there are six more seasons, <laughs> the tension goes down because you know it's not the end of the story that Jack made it through six more seasons. To live with hope 
<clears throat> in the middle of a crisis like the coronavirus, you have to change your focus. You have to shift your perspective. You have to live in light of eternity. That is the thing. Remember, it's not the end of the story. And one day, all of our pain and all of our sickness and all of our sorrow and all of our sadness and all of our stress and all of our grief is going to end. Revelation 21 verse 4 says it like this. Here's, the, here's what you need to look forward to. Then God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death. And no more mourning. And no more crying. And no more pain. For the old order of things will pass away. This is not the end of the story. Don't forget that. There's a whole lot more I could give you, but let me just give you one more. I want you to remember this in the days and in the weeks ahead, because we don't know what the future holds, but we do know who holds the future. Number seven, remember that God wants to use me to help others. God wants to use me to help others. God doesn't want to just take you through this crisis. God doesn't want to just protect you through this crisis. God wants to use you through this crisis. This is the difference between how believers and others handle pain. And believers, we see it as an open door. Every need in our world is an open door. Every pain, every hurt, habit, hang up is an open door to find that need and fill it, to, to find that hurt and heal it. And so in the days ahead here at Saddleback Church, I'm talking to you, our family, we will start many, many new ministries out of this. I don't even know what they're all gonna be, but they'll pop up, you're gonna come, and up, come up with them and think of them. You know, we had just started our Doors campaign, Time to Dream and Open Doors, when this crisis hits. In the plan of God, he knows what he's doing. Because in our Doors campaign, remember we have five goals for our Doors campaign, open doors that God's opening, D-O-O-R-S. Well, we haven't even finished the study yet. And God is already giving us massive open doors, the opportunity to work on two of those goals, the O of outshine the darkness and the S of serve people in pain. We are being given the biggest open door you can imagine because people are scared. Historically, Christians have always moved into the pain when everybody else moved out. Thousands of years ago, the Black Plague, the bubonic plague, ran through the Roman Empire. And nobody knew the cause of it. They certainly didn't know about viruses. They didn't know about bacteria. They didn't know about infections. They didn't have any of the scientific tools we have today. And millions and millions and millions and millions of people were dying in the cities. It was called the Black Plague. And all of the people began to flee the cities. 
thinking that maybe the cities were causing the plague. What did the Christians do? They actually moved into the cities to take care of the sick. And that's how the Roman Empire was converted. They looked at them and they said, see how they love one another. And it was in that environment that we, the church, invented the hospital. The hospital wasn't invented by government. It was invented by the church because Jesus gave us a preaching, a teaching, and healing faith. He cares about the mind, the body, and the soul. And just as Christians moved into the worst bubonic black plague that was annihilating the Roman Empire with none of the advantages that we have today and none of the scientific knowledge that we have today, they risked their lives for the sake of the gospel. And God will call us not to be foolish, not to be rash, but to respond in love and to care for people and to care for the most vulnerable. Now I said earlier that <clears throat> the most vulnerable in this crisis are actually people over 60 with preconditions uh, that make their immunities to be lowered. I'm announcing right now, today, two brand new ministries that we're gonna start this week. We will start many others, but we're gonna start this. One of them is what we're gonna call care kits. Now the care kits, are for people who need to stay at home. If you're in that high risk ter uh, territory, we don't need you going out to the grocery store. We don't need you going out to, to meetings. We need you to just stay put, stay at home or you can't. You say, well, how am I gonna get what I, do, what I need? We'll bring it to you. Those in our church, we're gonna do two things. We're gonna protect the vulnerable. We're gonna care for the sick and we're going to mobilize the healthy. Because the healthy, there are thousands and thousands of us who can fill a box with what that person needs, take them like door deal dash drop, take them to their door and leave it at the door, ring the doorbell and leave. With no contact or low contact, we can provide care kits. We can help you stay healthy and we will do that, all right? The other will be care callers because if many of the people in our church and in our community are going to have to be isolated or self-quarantined, that gets pretty hard on your, on your uh, emotions to not be around people. And people who, for instance, are struggling with different kinds of mental illnesses, they need social contact in their life. Isolation is not good for them. And while we can't go visit everybody, I'm sure that the rest homes are gonna be closing down to protect them, that makes sense. We can call. Years ago, I started a ministry, and we haven't done it in years, called Care Callers. And I said, I want us to have, just call through our church directory and see how everybody's doing. And if you'll help me, uh, come to the front of the service, and after that service, about 18 people volunteered, said, I like to talk on the phone and I'll be glad to call. And so I took our church directory, which that time had probably less than a thousand names. We divided it all up and these care callers would call through that list and say, Pastor Rick has asked me to call, just see how you're doing. Is there anything I can help you with? Is there anything you'd like to share with the church? 
Is there a prayer request? Can I pray for you? It's just fellowship on the phone. That's all it was. Those of you who are healthy, uh, you don't have coronavirus, but you need to stay isolated uh, for your own protection, you could be a care caller. And while you're at home, you could have the ministry of helping call other people. Now, you can go to our Saddleback website, okay? You know that, saddleback.com. And if you go to the saddleback.com forward slash corona response, corona response. If you go to the webpage, saddleback.com forward slash corona responses, you can see on your screen right now, there are two boxes on that page. It says, give help or need help. Everybody in our church is in one of those categories. You either need help or you can give help. I'm gonna ask you to go to the website and click on that box and get your information on whether you could give help or need help. This is gonna be the church ministering to itself. Now there's so much more that I, I need to share with you. Uh, and that's why we're gonna be meeting as a church in small groups for the foreseeable future. If you're not in a small group, if you're not in a small group, I want you to email me, okay? Email me, pastorrick at saddleback.com, okay? Pastorrick at saddleback.com, and I will get you in a group. You must be in a small group during this crisis because this is where our church is gonna meet. This is the way they met in the New Testament in the temple courts and from house to house. But right now we can't meet in the temple courts, but we can meet from house to house. You know, it's interesting that the fastest growth of the Christian church occurred when they were meeting in homes. Maybe God wants to do that again. Maybe this is a time for revival. Our church, Saddleback Hong Kong, runs around 1,000 to 2,000 people on the weekends normally but when they had to shut down their services, they went online and for the last five weeks, they've been having 13 to 15,000 people online. That's five times the growth, all right? It's amazing, it's exponential growth. And so God could use this for good. He can bring good out of bad. If you will say, I need help or I can give help, go to the website and click on one of those boxes. Now let me wrap it up by ending with five things that I wanna to promise to you. I've been your pastor for 40 years. We've been through a lot of different crises. This one does not threaten me, it does not scare me, it doesn't make me nervous. We will come through this just like we've come through everything else. God is still on his throne. But I wanna end with five things that I promise to do for you. And then I wanna give you a list of some things I need to hear from you, okay? So here's what I promise. Because we are a purpose-driven church and we have five purposes, then I wanna make a promise related to each of those purposes. Number one, I promise that you're not gonna be alone in this crisis. We're going to face this crisis, this coronavirus, together. We may not be able to meet in big groups, but we can certainly meet in 8,000 small groups. That's called fellowship. 
And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, together you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of that body. We will communicate with you every day. I promise you that. We will communicate with you either by email or by text or by social media. We're not gonna let you get isolated. Now, if I don't have your contact information, then I, I need to get it from you. And I'll tell you about that in just a minute. So uh, you can help me get your contact information so we can stay in contact with you. But I promise that you're not gonna go through this alone. Number two, I promise that we will keep you spiritually healthy during this crisis, even though we can't meet on Sunday morning. That's called discipleship. And if you will commit to meet with your small group each week, you need to know that all of our pastors are praying 3 John chapter 1, verse 2 for you. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2 ought to be a theme verse during this entire campaign for Saddleback Church. It says this, dear friends, we're praying that all will be well with you and that your body will be as healthy as we know your soul is. That's what I'm praying, that your body will be as healthy as we know your soul is. Number three, I promise that we will serve you if you get sick. That's our ministry, that's our ministry. We have cared for the sick for 40 years. It's part of our DNA. It's the C of the peace plan. We've had practice caring for the sick for nearly 20 years in the peace plan. And even before that with our care ministries. So I promise you that if you're in this church, we will serve you if you get sick. Don't worry about it. You don't need to worry, panic. Number four, because we're a purpose-driven church, I promise you that we will continue to offer worship experiences through our small groups. You don't have to worship with 5,000 people to worship. Jesus said, where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And we will be offering you the same worship experiences with our worship teams and our worship leaders and our bands that you would normally get on Saturday or Sunday services at your campus. Whether you're in Buenos Aires or Manila or Berlin or Hong Kong or anywhere else. Number five, I promise that we will help you help others and share the good news with your neighbors like never before. That's our mission. This is an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. John 13, 35 says, your love for each other, your love for each other will show the world that you are my disciples. Now that's what I promise to you as your pastor. But I need a few things from you. And I need you to write this down and then act on it, okay? Number one. I need your emergency contact information, okay? I need you to send this to me. Your emergency contact information so we can stay in touch with you in any emergency. Now you give this information all the time to doctors and a lot of other people. 
And as your spiritual doctor, as your pastor, I need to know how to get in contact with you in an emergency. So here's what I want everybody listening to me to do. You're watching this video or you're listening it to an audio. I want you to email me, Pastor Rick at Saddleback.com. It's real simple, Pastor Rick at Saddleback.com and email me your mobile phone and your email, whatever your emergency contact information is. Okay, will you do that? I can't help you if I can't contact you when I need to contact you. Number two, I need you to sign up for online giving so our church can keep serving everybody. Obviously, we're not gonna be giving offerings in a, in a worship service because we're not gonna be having them. So I need you to go online and sign up for online giving. Now again, our church is so far ahead in this. Right now, before I even mention this, 65% of the members of Saddleback Church do their giving online, more than half. So if you're not giving online, you're actually in the minority. The most people already have set up an automatic giving account uh, so that whether they're at church or not, you can't be at church every week, even in good times. Uh, you, many of you studied this past week in small groups, uh, particularly the American congregations, our overseas churches didn't. You studied the door of generosity uh, this past week in your small group. And you know how important that is in your spiritual character development. I need you to put that into practical action right now. Let me remind you of a verse we looked at this last week in small groups. 1 Corinthians 16, verse two says this. On the first day of every week, that's Sunday. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside some of your money in proportion with your income and give it as your offering to the Lord. Now, how do you do that if you're not at a church service? Well, you could still put God first on the first day of every week by setting up an automatic giving account online. You could put God first on the first day of your week. You don't have to be in a large group fellowship to do that. You can do it online. So I want you to go online and there's a place on the webpage that shows how to, um, uh, how to do that. And I'll talk to you about that in just a second. Number three, here's the third thing I need you to do. I need you to keep meeting with your small group. I want you to meet with your small group each weekend for worship together. I'm still gonna be teaching you. Uh, we're not shutting down worship, we're just shutting down where we worship. And for the foreseeable future, we're gonna have church in the home. And I want you to make a commitment with your small group to say, this is gonna be our church home for the foreseeable future while we are um, dealing with this crisis. Now, let me go back to the giving to Saddleback Online. If you go to saddleback.com forward slash offering, saddleback.com forward slash offering, what you do is you just fill in whatever gift amount that you wanna give and, and, you and there's a dollar there, there's a giving today button. Now you can continue as a guest but I would suggest that you go ahead and sign in, set up an account with your email and your own password. Go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do that. And then you can uh, complete the billing and payment information. 
You can use a credit card. You can use a debit card. You can use your bank account. This is pretty easy, okay? And you just put in which way you want to give, credit, debit, bank account, whatever, and you can review it, and then you can click Submit. Just click it one time. And, and you'll know that it worked because we'll send you an acknowledgement to your email, okay? Make sure you give us your email, but send us a, an email, give us your email, we'll send you an acknowledgement. Now, if you're in one of our international campuses, I wanna say this to you. Your campus pastor is gonna give you instructions for online giving, whether you're in Hong Kong or in Manila or in Berlin or in Buenos Aires, wherever you are, your campus pastor overseas will give you uh, those instructions. Now, if you need any help, you can always call 949-609-8138. You might want to write that down, 949-609-8138. That's an important number for you to have during this crisis. That's weekdays, 8 a.m. to 4, uh, 4 p.m., and then Saturday to Sunday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday to Sunday, it's 12 hours open. Uh, if you want to email, you can email giving at saddleback.com. I want to end this particularly introductory message for where we're going by praying for you. We don't know all that's going to go ahead, but we're not frightened by it because we know the end of the story. We've read the last chapter of the book. We know that God is in control. We know that God is not surprised by this, that God is bigger than this. And Romans 8:28 is still true. All things work together for the good of those who love God who are the called according to his purpose. Not everything's working together for everybody for good, but it is working together for good if you give God the pieces. So let's do that right now. Let's bow our heads. Father, I pray for every person watching this video or listening to this audio, wherever they may be. And I ask that you give them a spirit of calmness. Give them the peace that passes understanding, the peace that is so unusual that there's, it, there's no reason for us to be at peace because there are a lot of, there's a lot of fearful things in the world. But may we be a witness of peace and calmness and tranquility and joy and confidence and faith and love to the world around us. We know that the darker the night gets, the brighter the stars shine. May our lives shine in the darkness. May we outshine the darkness. May we serve those who are in pain. May you use even this bad thing that's happened for your glory and your growth of your kingdom. Father, we pray right now for those who are already affected. Those who already know it, we pray for healing in their lives. You are the great healer. We pray for mild symptoms and quick recovery. For those, Lord, who have it but don't know they've got it, we pray that they will be discovered very quickly and that they will be able to get the treatments that they need. And we pray for healing in their lives too. We don't care how you heal people, Lord, whether it's miracle or medicine, just, just heal them. Lord, we know that in a world that we have become more and more so self-centered 
and so self-focused that you have allowed uh, 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 an experience that will force us to depend on each other, force us to love each other, force us to serve and help each other. May Saddleback Church lead by example. May we care for the unfortunate. May we protect the vulnerable. May we serve those who need it most in Jesus' name. I pray that as a result of all this, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. With our heads still bowed, there may be somebody listening, you've never stepped across the line and given your life to Christ. You don't wanna go through this crisis without the assurance of salvation because you don't know what the future holds. And so pray today, say, Jesus Christ, I ask you to come into my life and save me. I wanna know you. I wanna learn to trust you. I know I can't save myself. Please help me in your name, amen. If you enjoyed this episode, consider giving us a rating or review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes and go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week.